All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now at the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts here at the Sideshow Network. Go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. So you're thinking about starting a new website? Maybe you have a new small business idea and want to tell someone or sell something online. Maybe you want to show off your photography. Or maybe you want to start that new podcast. Ah, huh. that's a great idea. <laughs> GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. That's impossible. They're always $99.99 or $12.99. They're $12.99, but right now GoDaddy's offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. On the actual internet or is this some BS sub-internet? No, no, this is GoDaddy.com. We all use GoDaddy.com. Everything I have is on GoDaddy.com. I know. And each new.com comes with a free instant page website and a built-in photo album. So what are you waiting for? I don't believe it. Get your website started today. I think it sounds like a scam. It can't possibly be true. GoDaddy's not a scam. They have... uh, uh, that hot check, Danica Patrick, for mm-hmm. their stuff. So it's not a scam. Plus, I use it for everything. It better not be a scam. <laughs> Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code FORK at the checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website. And you're all set to go. Fork you if you don't take advantage of this incredible GoDaddy deal. I'm going to take advantage of it. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. Welcome to A Fork on the Road. I am Mark DiCarlo, and as always, next to me is the lovely and talented Yenny Alvarez DiCarlo, the traveling diva. Welcome to show 26. Does it feel like 26? Ah, that's a young number. I feel like 26. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's your internet age, 26. Uh, Boy, what a great weekend we had. We were down at the... um, the La Dolce Vita Festival in Laguna Nigel. My band played Old Blues Eyes. We had a great time. Had some delicious Italian food with uh, Rosa's truck. Rosa's, Rosa's truck and um, Rosa's Bella Cucina, which they make the most delicious arancini balls and the caprese sandwiches with the yes. prosciutto. Oh, such mm, such and a the good best thing. cannolis in the festival. Yeah. They wow, were. that was good. They were. This is like festival season. There's a lot of festivals going on all around the country. And There's another um, nearby Italian fest. I think the next one is San Diego. I think we should just go. Just keep going? <laughs> yeah. Keep going? Go to all the Italian festivals this month. We're going to be rolling after this. but. Right. And I always tweet, whenever I go and I go to these Italian festivals, I always uh, try and find photos of uh, Italian women with mustaches and I take pictures of them <laughs> and I tweet them. Uh, I, mean, I try I, to find the best food at every festival. Right. For example, I like I tweeting love- funny pictures. So you should follow me at, at Mark DiCarlo. Right? Twitter, yeah. Twitter.com at Mark DiCarlo. Yes. Find out about deals, travel deals, where we're going to be, when we're going to be, and uh, funny pictures as I make my travels around the country. It's, I've always taken funny pictures, but now it's kind of cool that I actually, actually share them with people, of funny people. I like pictures of food. That's what I like. So if you want to text, uh, not text. Uh, follow you way, on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Traveling Diva. At Traveling Diva on Twitter. And send me the best festival foods. 
I'm a foodie. For example, this last one, a Dolce Vita, you can't get TJ's wood fire pizza at San Gennaro because they don't have it. They have Vito's pizza. They mm -hmm. have Rocco's pizza. TJ's pizza was really oh, good. Oh, it was the, That pizza rustica was good. <gasps> it, they have a wood fire oven at the festival. Yeah. They bring the truck with wood fire. Because Oven. Italians are serious about their food, as yeah, we've discussed many times on this show. Italians take their food very seriously, as well they should. It's very serious. And it was a very fun festival. Very seriously I fun. I didn't have limoncello, though. I had limoncello with uh, Linda DeCianti and the Sons of Italy at the, at San, the Gennaro. San Gennaro. I know. And then we found you oh. in a gutter. <laughs> in a happy lemony a happy gutter. gutter right. Happy gutter. Uh, so that was really fun last weekend getting down there. And also last weekend, there was a huge podcasting festival here in Los Angeles. Now, because I was working elsewhere, I couldn't go. But luckily, our producer, Sean, was able to go. And we thought we would get like a little uh, what happened at the Podfest from Sean. Are you, uh, he's putting on the headphones, he's yes. sitting behind the microphone. In house expert. He can't hear himself. So I can't hear myself. Oh, I just I'm really, I'm really loud. Um, <laughs> so the podcast festival. Again, yes. For people that don't remember, what is it exactly? Well, the podcast festival was a collection of uh, some of the best comedy podcasts. Or actually, really, just a lot of just. Are there great drama? Shows. Are there drama podcasts? Well, there was Welcome to Night Vale, which is a comedy podcast, but it, it's just, it's a it's kind of like a stare. It's like a serial radio serial. That uh, somehow over the summer, I think through the power of Tumblr, became uh, the number one podcast on iTunes with Ooh, like just the power uh, of Tumblr. Yeah, Tumblr go went crazy over it. Mm. So people, I thought Tumblr was photos. Well, it's photos, but it's also a lot of blog posts. A lot of people just you know po you could post you know you could post you know audio and uh, pretty much do anything. Obviously on Tumblr, it's there's a lot of you know, they've enhanced it and. Uh, Mostly it's used for photos, though. But um, people just went crazy about it on Tumblr, and I think that, that's from at least what my wife tells me because she spends a lot of time on Tumblr. But it just it just blew up, and out of nowhere, it's like one day we're, we're we're I'm here in the studio, and uh, you know my boss Roddy's like, you know, what, what, who who are these people? Who is Welcome to Night Vale? And I didn't get a chance to see them, but they were actually uh, they're because I think they're based out of New York, but. They brought them in at the last, kind of at the last minute, and I think that actually really helped the festival a lot because people were just packed into the big ball. And is it museum. an improvised serial? Are no, they it's, a, it's, like, it's like a, it's I think it's a scripted serial, and they kind of treat it like it's got like a humor bent to it. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. So you haven't heard it, you haven't seen it, but it's fantastic. Well, that's because everybody else thinks it's fantastic. <laughs> well, obviously, if everyone if told you if, to if, jump if, off a building, Sean. Well, if iTunes told me to jump off a building, iTunes, and in terms of a podcast, I probably would. What if Tumblr told you to jump off a building? I don't. I'm not that big in the Tumblr. Okay. What about Pinterest? Yeah. What if Pinterest? Uh, I, I fell off of Pinterest. Oh, I, love I occasionally, I occasionally used it to post some comic books on there, but then I stopped. If Pinterest had a picture of you jumping off a building, would you then jump off a building? I would actually be very concerned because I believe in deja vu, and if I saw that picture, I would be like, well, that's obviously my fate. That means at some point that's going to happen. So oh, I'd be kind of freaked out about that. taking a little turn for the <laughs> evil side. Wow. Well, is, you know what? Then we probably shouldn't do that. No, not Don't superimpose it. I don't care. <laughs> no. Right. Oh, my no. God. It was Photoshop. Ah. <laughs> That'd be a horrible. I'm wearing the wrong shoes. But, 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 but let me say this: so these aren't things. even my shoes. <laughs> 
the thing about Welcome to Night Vale is, uh, well, actually, it'd be kind of fun if I was actually, you, you somebody did Photoshop, Photoshop that photo, uh-huh. and then I, I kind of try to change my future, like, back to the future, so eventually right. I would be erased. Uh-huh. That would be kind of oh, I think we found I think we found a whole new show. It's not killing Sean. <laughs> and each week we have a different image of your demise, and then you have to back your way out of it, a la Back to the Future. <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad idea for a Tumblr. Right? This could be hopefully be uh, become a great podcast. It'll blow up on Tumblr over mm. the summer. I like it. But anyways, <laughs> so uh, but welcome to Night Vale is just this huge. You know, it's a really big show, and uh, the uh, there were there were cosplayers there for the podcast. I th- I'm I'm almost certain. I don't know if they were cast members because I know and I know they had a they have like a music element, so they had a guitar and a violin. But it's a podcast. How are they going to be? Scene. Well, they exactly. they actually they actually had at the and this is the first year they did this. Uh, Daily Motion live streamed particular shows uh, at the oh, Podfest, and fun. you can actually go back at our actually so you can go to Daily Motion and type in Welcome to Nightvale and find the archived uh, performance, oh. which is actually really cool. Uh, and I, I'd actually did I, you do that to prepare for this show? What watch it? Yeah, no. Can, can you? Explain? I did absolutely nothing with Welcome to Nightvale other than know that it was. A big presence at the festival, and there were people dressed. I think I, I don't know if they, if they weren't in the show, they were dressed as characters from the podcast, which is the first wow. time I've ever seen cosplay. Hey, how about Google? I don't have a life, and we'll find those people <laughs> dressing up like characters from a podcast. People really do that. Apparently, so I, I'm almost what certain because the- I saw I saw women in dark hoods. Kind of like in the it was kind of like a Ren Fest kind of. Oh my thing. god! You're kidding me. <laughs> Oh my God, girl! If you're listening, ladies, what? I, what? Renfest is actually fun. Dre- yes, it is. Well, I know I'm going to lose this conversation with you two. I'm just saying. I, 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 I guess pathetic is too strong of a word. But if you're dressing up as a character from a podcast, well, no, I mean, here's the thing. It, there's that actually, unless you're doing it to get laid. If you're doing it to get laid, then all well, bets are thing, off. Well, here's the thing too. I mean, there there are podcasts that have such strong fan bases that fans identify themselves right. as a certain kind of group. And at certain, there's a certain show, uh, particularly Walking the Room, mm-hmm. which their fans are called Cuddlers. I am a I'm a big fan. Cuddlers. Of Cuddlers. Like cuddling cuddlers. What's no, a cuddler? It's something I forgot exactly how it's it's called why it's called that but because well, they call it a pod cuddle because the show itself is very abrasive but you like with something with cuddling so it's called a pod cuddle and the fans are cuddlers with a but not cuddlers cuddlers like players yeah exactly <laughs> right and I, I've been to a few of the shows and the, sometimes the fans will show up you know because the, they kind of uh, do they cuddle no they don't cuddle but they have a some of the the. Uh, the way that the hosts and the way that they, they talk about they talk about clowns a lot. So they say that the cuddlers are clowns from the neck down. So they'll wear people will wear like clown outfits or <gasps> clown pants with like regular clothes. That would just to freak me out. So actually I, I, I do correct myself that I have not seen cosplay uh, co- podcast cosplay before. But at can you this explain partic- to people? I don't I don't know if our entire audience knows what, what cosplay what? is. Well, cosplay is costumed play adventuring. Play, adventuring. Yeah, like obviously you went to Comic Con and yes. you were able to see plenty. Everybody of dressed up as their favorite superhero. Cosplay or... is what seven-year-olds Costume do on play. Halloween, and if you're still doing it when you're thirty, they call it right cosplay now, so that you're not crazy. Actually, right now I am actually trying to uh, um, 
get into shape because I want to cosplay next year at Comic Con. Who? 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 I want to go as the Spectre. Who the fuck the, is the Spectre? The DC Comics, the Spectre. Spectre. And it, so that's the reason you want to get in shape. Yes. I saw a lot of Riddicks this past year. I'm not gonna go as Riddick, no. Okay. I'm gonna Wait, go. I'm gonna go as. I go as a Spectre because I have. I so really. You don't want to do it to get in better shape for sports or to look better. In, no, I want to get healthy too. Jeans. You want to do it so you can dress up as the Spectre. It's a goal. It's a goal. I mean, I'm. I'm if it works, it's great. You know what? I not, lost that, a ton of weight for a specific Halloween party that I was going to. Yeah, and I looked fabulous in my outfit. Well, shit, Sean, go for the go for Superman. Just shoot the. You I know. don't want, but I don't. But everybody does Superman. I don't want to do Superman. My one of my favorite DC characters, comics characters, is a Spectre. Why? Because he is the embodiment of God's vengeance. And I enjoy his comic books, uh-huh. and I enjoy the character. He's very spooky and awesome. And because he's the embodiment of God's vengeance. Yes. He brings justice to the unjust. Uh, I'm oh, it has a green hood mm-hmm. and a ton of muscles. Well, what I'm going to do. This is from here to I, when? I, but I've already planned. Well, it's for till next July. Oh, good. But what I'm planning on doing is that I'm not going to go bare chested. Some people have suggested that I do that, but I do, what I would like to do is wear a white Under Armour long sleeve shirt uh-huh. and get some wrestling tights. Uh-huh. You still need the muscles for that because look well, at that guy. I could, I can get, I can get sort of there. And I think you're going to have. What to would the stuff Spectre say? <laughs> look at that. The Spectre would. It say, looks like the package. The Spectre would say, "I could definitely do it." That Spectre, Spectre. What do you think? Stuffing wow, all the package? Spectre. Yeah, that's a lot of. That's a wrathful penis in his in his <laughs> tights there. Uh, I, got, I do have to figure out where I gotta get the cape and the gloves and the and the boots. You can get those made. Spectre.com. Spectre. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. No, you can get those made. But um, anyways, wow, we got really off topic. We did. I, now I'm now I'm just thinking about what is your what, what what is your life like when you're not here in the office? Do you you and your he wife dresses up? Yeah. He cosplays. How often do you cosplay every week? I don't cosplay at all. Ever. I've never have. Ever. Ever. Your wife does, though. She's so fabulous. She was wearing a costume at, uh, well, everyone wears a costume at Comic-Con. She was wearing a costume? I think she was, wasn't she? No, she wasn't costume. She was dressed up. No, but she... Wasn't she she Batman? She went, well, no, we actually did go out for Halloween. She went as Batman. And I went as Captain America. I didn't even know that they knew each other. Well, they, it's a, they, people were at bars and people are like, oh my God, Captain America and Batman are having a drink. This is, this is, <laughs> it, was, it was blowing Hollywood Boulevard's mind. Mark has a story like that. Well, I think I told it before. I, I, I used to drink at this great bar called the Casting Office in the Coanga Pass. And one time I walked in and I saw Adam West and Frank Gorshin drinking together mm, and I yes. almost had a stroke. How, how, how could Batman and the Riddler be friends? It was, it was. I could. I, well, sometimes the villains and the heroes have to work together to, to fight a greater good <laughs> or evil. Great, greater. Anyways, Don't a break greater, the mic. a greater. <laughs> the fact that they're actually actors totally. Sean doesn't give a shit about that. He's actually going for the, the. the well, you know, I take this seriously. I know you, you okay, do. Okay, do you want to know? Okay, yes, uh, I want to. I want to tell you. Here's I after Podfest on Saturday night. I was. I, I knew that it was 24-hour comic book day, and I drove to the comic bug in Manhattan Beach with my wife at 1.45 in the morning. Lucky girl. To buy com- to we, where we both spent at least $10 in dollar comics. Wow. I got 20% off, and I was <laughs> we were so happy. Because you're buying comic books at 1 in the well, morning. I had some stuff you I had to, to wait. Find. You don't have to wait in line because all the kids are asleep. No, they were, no there was a, it, was, it was full of grown men. And other, and maybe a few women. 
and they were all because it was 24 hour comic book store day apparently and people were all in the store I think that's awesome how did it was, that, it was, it was, it was when all, is it when is it how did that happen it was, this, it was this past weekend how did that escape our I calendar 24 hour comic book day that? that should have been on our oh. calendar we should have been promoting I just found it. out about it on Wednesday and I was like well since we live so close to it I was like I'm just good. we're just and we we're on our way back from the festival it's like you know what there's a comic book store that's open this late you might as well see what's happening in it and it was it was hopping and it's our favorite store, so we went in there, and I found some uh, DC comics that, yeah, from the 80s, because that's what I do, is I collect a lot of old back issues. That's how I treat my collection. Do you have any of Araña, the, the Latina spider girl? No. I have the oh first episode. She's half in, Mexican, half Puerto Rican. I'm trapped oh, wow. in an alternate universe. Please, if someone can find the, the studio, <laughs> come in here and rescue me. I, I can't get to the door. Book. And you, you know what? You probably have, have the Superman. only comic book. No. You know no, what? Is, 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 this, is this written in, Span- in Spanish? No, it's English. It's English? Yeah. Is it printed it's by Marvel or is it just... Uh, is yeah. It, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I see. I didn't, I, I'm not had, a, I used to be a Marvel guy. Cuban... You're either Marx Brothers or Three Stooges. You're either DC or Marvel. And he's a DC guy, baby. I know. Whatever. Don't be shoving the Marvel but let me, but, well, let me get you. Let me, let's get back on track to the Podfest. Right, because it was a big event. It was a big event. It was packed. Uh, Sideshow Network had a great presence there with uh, Phil Hendry. One he of the did, funniest people on the planet. And he did a great. It was, it was, he, we have a, we did a live Bobby Dooley with uh, with guest Graham Elwood. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He also did a bunch of. Uh, I want. I would love to go. I would like to do a Bobby Dooley. Am, have I reached a, a, a significant? Am I so, celebrity wise? Am I celebrity enough to be on the Bobby Dooley show? We have to ask Bobby that. Yeah, I think I might be on the bubble. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get. You, I'll see if I can get you in because oh I know because because I know you're a fan. I'm a huge and I, fan. And it was a, and it was a lot of fun. And he also did uh, uh, Sklarbro Country with the Sklar Brothers. He was a guest on there, which was fantastic. And we also had uh, Story Worthy there uh, with uh, Perla Day, uh, Meatloaf's daughter. Uh-huh. She was there uh, as well. Scott Ian from Anthrax, her husband, appeared as well. Which I was disappointed because I ended up missing that show, oh. but I wanted to meet Scott Ian. Sure, and uh, also uh, Man School from Kate with Kayla Bacon. So I mean, the sideshow was very well represented at the festival, but it was just a great atmosphere because basically, if you're a podcaster and you're just you're, if you're looking to enhance to network to you know just or just to enjoy, I mean, there are so many options there. They in the way that they expanded it this year. Allowed for you know stuff like Welcome to Night Vale or even uh, there's a podcast uh, stuff you should know, mm-hmm. which is it's an instructional podcast that you know has some humor to it, and it's not just traditional you know comedy podcasts. Right. You know, because some of those get a little long in the tooth. Yeah, some of them are just kind of like, well, okay, it's just just another guy talking to another guy. Right. But sometimes you know they they busted out some you know they gave chances to some other shows and it was it was a lot of fun. It was just you know it was kind of like going to Comic Con. And just kind of hanging out when you're not on the floor and just going to different panels. Just right. kinda, you could sit in on stuff. And they had, you know, speeches about, you know, network, podcast networks and tech. And, uh, and I'm, you know, and one of the sponsors was Squarespace. So they had people there helping people understand how to create a, a Squarespace uh, site for their podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of people, they come right out and they're just like, oh, it's just so intimidating. I just don't know what we're going to do. And there's a, there's so many resources there for something that it, it's so it's still in its infancy. Right. It reminds me of the early days of television or radio, where it's like the wild west. People can do anything that they that they can conceive of. With the caveat being, not everyone should have a podcast because there are some people in the world that are just boring. Yes. And 
they don't need their own podcasts. But clever people, interesting people, those are the kind of people that should have, have their own podcasts. Not yeah, not I mean not right? a, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I you know, but also I think it, it's you know like a festival like this. Like if you're a fan, it's actually a good way for you just to understand the culture better mm-hmm. you know because you can listen to it but it's like to actually experience it live and to be amongst you know the the you know the core listening audience because that's where i mean podcast listeners are going to be at a festival like this sure you know i mean especially your people that you know just want to experience and understand you know I don't know. I just feel because I feel I'm very obviously I work in podcasting, so I'm very passionate about it. So mm-hmm. I'm just kind of well, and it's amazing because it, it really is. It's 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 in its infancy mm-hmm. and it's so democratized. Unlike radio when it started, it was three companies that were broadcasting for the whole country. Literally, you can broadcast a podcast from your basement, and and it's so free flowing and mm-hmm. and unwieldy. I think that that energy is very. Captivating. Where, where exactly physically was the festival? Was it physically the festival was at the Le Meridian Hotel in Santa Monica? Nice. And uh, and they you know they they had their last year and this year they expanded it to have more rooms available. They had a us actually and this is what was I think it was a great idea having a suite for podcasters that weren't in the festival but they had their gear so they had made a mixing board or the Zoom oh, mm-hmm. that's a fantastic and they can idea. go in and just chill. And record with comedians, or just grab somebody and talk with somebody, and do a show in the nice couches. They had batteries and power outlets, and <laughs> it was and just food. like pod heaven, pod, podcast, podcast heaven. heaven. It, was, it was literally. It was like it was meant. It was, it was meant for that. Uh, it was you. <laughs> it was meant for the you know for the pod. It was just it was meant it was by podcasters for podcasters. And, and our network reigned reigned supreme. The sideshow network. We was, were there. Yeah, was we kicking were, big booty. We were there, and uh, you know, we definitely look forward, to hopefully, being you know b- back next year. We got you know, I mean, I, I think I think Fork on the Road would be a great show. Yeah, to we be would there love live. to. That'll be fantastic. We were we were we were down in Orange County eating yeah. cannoli and putting yeah. on a show. But next year we, we would can love bring to the go. cannolis with you. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> bring Rosa. Well, there's truck. actually a, actually speaking of food, um, Doug Benson did a show. He has a show called Dining with Doug and Karen. And uh, they actually did a show where they brought in some of the popular cooks that have been on the show before to cook uh, like a breakfast meal for everybody, like for like a hundred people that came into the podcast. Wow! Yeah, and I don't know. I guess I got from from reports that I've heard. I heard it was very good. But that's something such a like you. I mean, it's a it's a cooking podcast where you're actually eating live. Well, we can do that. Have, we should start going to restaurants here in Los Angeles and doing that. What a great idea. That's my idea. Uh-huh. All right. Well, Sean, thank you for the update about oh, the podcast uh, the podcast festival yes. right here in Southern California. Are there other podcasts around the country throughout the year? Being festivals? Yeah. Festivals. Uh, there's one in New York that I've heard of starting. It started, There was one last year. I don't know exactly when it was, but I do know that uh, I believe uh, Julie Klausner from How Was Your Week, who's a pretty big podcast out east, she... Uh, was kind of behind that and uh i don't know exactly when it is but i know that they it's like a pod camp or it's kind of like a something like that it's not as i mean i haven't heard as much press about it but i know that they're trying to start more of those up trying to make you know make that more present because not everybody's gonna be able to hoof it out here right it's a it's a it's a pretty big haul especially if you're east coast but if you're west coast you know if you're east coast you know there might be then you go to pod camp Go to PodCamp. I mean, I'm sure you might see some pop up in like places like Chicago mm-hmm. or Austin. You know, maybe some you know some hit places like that. Sure. 
Well, we will we will keep you on top of this, dear listeners. And Sean, I think Sean, you can be our point man for podcast festivals around the country. So when stuff comes up, you will let us I'm know. I'm pretty much your point man for podcast festivals, <laughs> DC comic, obscure characters from right. the 1980s. <laughs> Not and, Marvel. Not Marvel. And uh, pro wrestling. So you can anything you need answers on. You know what we should do? We should start taking pictures of you every week. If, if you're going to start getting in shape, that's the best way. To, when I was in high school, I weighed 250 pounds and I was a big fat ass. And I started taking pictures of myself every week and went on. I started working out and changed my diet and I lost 70 pounds in four months. And the way the best thing to do is take pictures of yourself every week, and we could post them on our Twitter, and people can keep track of your progress towards the. Sp- Spectre? Spoon? What's the guy's name? Spoon Spectre. Man. Spoon Man. I'm going to go Spoon Man. <laughs> He's going to go. So we'll, we'll, we'll chronicle I Sean's... I go from Spectre to Spoon. It's, it's, I it's, changed my mind. I'm going to go Spoon. Spoon. <laughs> uh, we're going to chronicle his, his, his metamorphosis into Spoon Man. And then, and then, then he'll use... rise out of the cutlery drawer to <laughs> eat soup wherever he wants to. And then we're going to use those photos. That's a superhero. We're going to use those photos and superimpose them in how not to kill Sean. <laughs> yeah, I think we've. We, so follow us on Twitter, and you'll begin to see pictures of Sean as he goes from just a handsome <laughs> mortal into a superhero. Well, if I start failing, just see, then we'll have to stop. But um, you won't fail because you'll be fail. looking at the pictures every week. I know. Well, you see, make it's you motivation. Look at the pictures every week. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. It'll be great. So we got that going for us. So that's another yet another good reason to keep listening to A Fork on the Road right here on the Sideshow Network and on iTunes. And because all we do is we talk about food and travel, except for that 20-minute exchange about the podcast <laughs> festival. <laughs> but it was interesting. It was a fun. travel. A, you could have traveled to it. Yeah, we could have. We could have gone all the way to Santa Monica and gone. Actually, had we been in town, I would have loved to go to it because it sounds like it was, I, I think Graham Elwood's funny. Like fun. And I, I would run across broken glass through traffic to see Phil Henry do a show. That guy is funny. He is funny, funny, funny. Speaking of funny. Yeah. <laughs> we have a great guest uh, we do. lined up for you guys today. Our, our guest that we're going to have on the show used to run hotel chains all over the world. He worked for Starwood. He worked for Sheraton. He is a huge hotelier. He is a travel genius. And now... He's doing these really cool trips to Europe where you can kind of walk in the footsteps of some of your favorite authors. And we have him on the show right now. J.J. Gubbins, welcome to A Fork on the Road. Where are you today, Gubby? Well, I happen to be in uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh-huh. enjoying the, the beautiful city in the, uh, yeah, because the weather's been perfect. So it's been a nice day. I went out and had an Alfredo dinner at uh, Hackney's on Harms, a cheeseburger and a nice beer. Nice. Al fresco or Alfredo? Al fresco. You said Alfredo. <laughs> Alfredo. <laughs> you know, you, you know the difference, my you Irish friend. Those, they're two different words. They mean two different things. Well, you know, you're multilingual, right? And I'm having a hard time speaking English, so you can uh, lead the way. <laughs> well, I, 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 first of all, I want to talk about your career in sure. hospitality because uh, uh, it's unparalleled and and so wide ranging and interesting. Um, I, typically. And you probably have noticed this too. People that work in the hospitality business or the restaurant business, they're people people. 
they're talkers, they're huggers, they're people that are actually interested in other people. And you have you been that way your whole life, or did working in hospitality make you that way? Wow, uh, that's a great question. I, I think the you know the great resource of the hospitality industry are its people because you're right, it's a people business. And I, you know, I, I think that I, as an empathetic Irishman, I think that I, I was raised by parents that uh, believed in uh, open-mindedness and communication. And I, and then, you know, going to university helped and uh, learning how to, to uh, mispronounce words always uh, <laughs> helped me a lot. And the other thing was really was working at Butch McGuire's uh, at 20 West Division in Chicago after I graduated from college. And I think I learned as much about communication working at Butch's as I did uh, the four years in university. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is one of the preeminent party bars on Division Street in Chicago. It's been there forever. Was that your first job in the hospitality business? Uh, it was, you know, and, and, you know, after that experience. And were you a and, bartender? And, what, what did you do there? Well, actually, I started out as a floor man, and that was just a, a waiter just going around and selling drinks. And then uh, I became a manager, and then I opened up the Butch's uh, in Mount Prospect uh, and then came back and worked at Butch's. But it, at that time, I was also teaching and doing other things. But the thing that I loved about working at Butch's was the incredible personalities that you met, never realizing that the long, lifelong friendship I'd have with Butch, who was, was a Chicago icon, mm -hmm. and... Uh, also, you know, uh, when he passed away, the family asked me to be the spokesperson and handle all the media. And I, I to this day, uh, I'm so humbled that I had that opportunity. And in fact, on the, on the 50th anniversary of the, uh, the establishment of Butch's, I took a group to Ireland and we celebrated Butch back in the old side. Well, that's what we're going to talk about in a minute. We're going to talk about your trips sure. to Ireland. Sure. But first, I wanted to hear more about your career in the hotel business. So you started sure. out at Butch's. How did you get involved in the hotel business? Well, it actually was through rugby. I was playing rugby uh, for the Chicago Lions. I was a social worker working in the projects in the south side of Chicago. And uh, at a rugby match, uh, uh, a fellow happened uh, to be there with his wife. We became friends. And he was in the hospitality industry. He worked for ITT Sheraton. Uh, a couple of years after uh, meeting him, he asked me to go interview with uh, uh, Sheraton, and I did, and it was fantastic. <clears throat> because I, I think you'll like this story. I, uh, I had an interview at the regional sales office in Chicago, right on Michigan Avenue. Mm -hmm. And the gentleman that, uh, that uh, introduced me to the hotel industry, his name was Bill Hanley, and I came into his office, and he said, well, you're going to you know, interview with a man named Manny Ferris, who's the big regional director of marketing for this part of the United States. But, and he said, whatever you do, don't laugh. <laughs> so I had borrowed a suit, by the way, because I didn't have one. And I uh, went into this fellow's office. I had long hair at the time. And uh, this fellow was reading the newspaper, and he started asking me questions, never putting the newspaper down. So mm -hmm. I could just see the print and uh, his voice coming through the paper. Well, after a few seconds, uh, you know, he put the paper down, and he had two giant black eyes from a, a reaction that he had from something he'd eaten. 
and he had he he was a, a Portuguese American. His name was Manny Fierce, an unbelievable man. Manny Fierce, light blue eyes. Fierce. And he looked oh. at me and he said, "My God, you've That's got funny. long hair. When are you going to get a haircut?" Because if I'm going to hire you in sales, you're going to have to have shorter hair. And I said, well, I'd consider getting a haircut when you stop looking like a raccoon. (laughs) (laughs) And he hired me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, And from there, I went into the management training program. Uh, Twelve people go through it a year for Sheraton. I was honored to do that. Then I was put into a sales position in Atlanta. And I just worked my way through from hotel to regional sales to corporate vice president to corporate director to senior vice president uh, and uh, corporate officer for ITT Sheraton and then on the Starwood Hotels. So, you know, what I did is I just kept working, uh, but I really believe that my success was developed when I bought a one-way ticket and flew to Europe when I was 26 years old and spent almost two years traveling because I went with, with only $49 when I landed, I learned a lot. And my ambition was to get back to Europe because I love Europe and be able to do it in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, I've had that opportunity and spent a lot of time in Europe to this day. So it, it was hard work. Because anyone that works in the hospitality industry has to be willing to work 70 to 90 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Minimum. Uh, but it's worth it because uh, if you keep to a path uh, and you're lucky to have good people around you and get support, you can be someone in that industry. And, and I accredit my success to the good people I've worked with. Well, that's very magnanimous of you. But you also have a personality and a, just this cherubic face and cherubic uh, disposition where people like you and they want to talk to you and you're, you're a very um, great conversationalist. And, and I think all those, whether, whether you develop those skills because of your gig or you had them and that allowed you to be successful, it's kind of like a chicken and the egg thing, but you, you obviously were very successful. And, and I... Uh, Traveling like you did when you were 26 to Europe, I think that is always very exciting, and it's really the best way to get to know a culture. Because if you go with money filling your pockets, you know, four seasons is a four seasons, and you're you're going to live that posh lifestyle. And I don't think you really connect with the local culture. Whereas if you go and you don't have any money and you have to kind of uh, be more inventive, you really connect with the local people and you get a flavor of wherever you happen to be. Uh, more authentically than if you're just, uh, you know, some rich. Uh, I could jag-off. agree more. You know, I, you know, in a position like mine, I didn't know anyone else in the industry that didn't play golf, because golf was one of the mechanisms that people used. You know, and right. not only is it a great sport, but it's a great, you know, it's a great uh, social uh, business opportunity. It's a great environment to do business. I never really learned to play golf because, uh, uh, because when I traveled, even, you know, you know, after the European experience and, and in my job, I could not justify spending four to five hours on a golf course in a, in a country and not out seeing it and meeting people if I had free time. And I always kept that credo, and I, and I I thank God for that because I believe that I've met more people uh, on the road f- from uh, f- from around the world than anyone that I've ever met, and I 
and I'm 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 happy with that because uh, there are so many great and beautiful people in the world, and you're not going to meet them if you're at the Ritz Carlton, and you're not going to meet them if you're playing golf, my friend. You're going to meet them if you're on the street. Right, and uh, but you were never a street prostitute. That's not what you're saying. <laughs> well, you know, I thought about it. But, uh, <laughs> Then I looked in the mirror and realized, uh, too little, too late. <laughs> I'm going to start. Go to the streets. Go to the streets. Well, so now uh, you and I met several years ago. You run the, the talk about a, a niche vacation market. You run the Randy Huntley Cubs Fantasy Baseball Camp in Arizona every February. And for people that don't know, it's where people, guys, primarily go out and they pretend like they're a major league baseball player for a week. It's three or $4,000. You go, you play baseball, you hang out with your heroes from when you were a little kid and then you come home sore and happy. Are you still doing that? What's, what's the state of the yes. art there? Uh, you know, I think that that is an incredible uh, experience. I, you know, I got involved. Uh, it's, it's, it's in its 36th year. Wow. And the, uh, you know, the inventor of it was a, a gentleman named Randy Hunley, and he was a Chicago Cub, and he was a catcher, and he, uh, you know, played more consistent, uh, continuous games than anybody up to, uh, through the modern age and catching. And he was the guy that invented, by the way, one-handed catching, the yeah. technique that people thought Johnny Bench did. But anyway, I, I, got, I got to know Randy because I was asked to help with a marketing plan for the fantasy camp. And, and uh, through that, and, uh, I could not take money, uh, you know, because I, I had a non-compete with IPT Sheraton. So I asked if my brother, who was a pipe fitter and welder working in the city of Chicago with no heat or air conditioning in his plant, if he could go to this camp and I do the plan. Well, Randy said, that's fine as long as you come too. And I fell in love with the camp. I fell in love with Randy. I, I saw the way that he handled my brother, who did not play ball, and I played through college. So I knew the game, and my, he was so enthusiastic with my brother that I, I knew that I was into something. So I went to camp a few times, and, you know, with my career happening and living other places and all that, came back to the camp, camp later in life, and, it was, uh, and uh, that's where I met you. Mm-hmm. And that's and you know how incredible that camp is. I th- I think anyone that has a dream to to go and meet uh, former uh, Hall of Famers and 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 great baseball players from from that should absolutely uh, look at the fantasy. Yeah, camp. it's really fun. And and pretty much every team has one. We're talking about the Cubs, but every yeah, every yeah, major league yeah, team I has one. Andy credit because he invented it. And 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 back in the day, I think you'll find this fascinating. I said to him, I said, you know, you can own this idea. And he said, no, I'm going to own the idea. This is going to be something that uh, that all other ball players can have. And when I see the the the, the Beatles. Uh, Fantasy Apple at Apple Studios in London, right? Mm-hmm. And all the other fantasy camps around the world. The granddaddy of them all is Randy Hundley's Chicago Cup Fantasy Baseball Camp. Right, I don't think a lot of people know and that. And that's why there's a loyalty I have to it. We're, we're, and by the way, big news is is that, uh, you know, uh, the city of Mesa uh, committed $80 million to build a Wrigleyville West uh, a new, in a little miniature Wrigley Field to scale, and this year's camp 
which is in late January this year, is going to be, we're setting foot in the new Wrigley Field West, and we are going to have our games, and we are going to play the Giants fantasy camp at new Wrigleyville West. Is that going to be fun? It sounds great. And screw those Giants guys. <laughs> Come on. Oh, well, you know, they, they overdress. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that, that, it, it really is a fun week, and you can go to uh, randyhuntleyfantasycamp.com to learn more. And I believe he links to other other teams as well. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Are, and please, please look it up because. Uh, and uh, you know what? It, it, may 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 I? Uh, since you said that I work the streets, right? Yes. Uh, I, can I say this? If anybody has any questions or anything, just contact me at uh, uh, JJ Gubbins at Yahoo dot com, and I'll help you any way I can. No, you can't. I'm not going to let you say that. You can't say that. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, so. With all that background, now I want to talk about these trips that you're doing. These are yeah. these you, you are uh, in addition to being a very gregarious and jovial Irishman, you're mm-hmm. also uh, a fan of the written word, and I am. And you you've put together a series of vacations where people can kind of go back and relive what it was like to be be hanging out with famous authors. Is that a good way to explain it? How well, do you, what, how do you well, explain what you, what you know, do? I, I, you know, uh, yeah, if I can start out, you know, uh, no, you know, you don't know what you are to you, you know, until someone tells you a lot of times. And I know that sounds strange, but and when I was in second grade, my mother was sewing something on the back of my jacket, and I, I didn't know it. I got up in the morning, and there was a big green shamrock on the back of my coat. I was headed to uh, Our Lady Help of Christians uh, School in Chicago on the west side, and my mother put the coat on me and said, Jack, uh, uh, this is just a reminder that you're Irish and the fact that you have a birthday and then you have St. Patrick's Day, so you're going to have a great life. <laughs> so I was introduced to being Irish by my mother in a very sweet way. And what happened through the years is that, you know, I, I, I read, uh, I was drawn to the word, to the written word, and I started to look for uh, Irish authors uh, to learn about my heritage, uh-huh. uh, learn about uh, humanity. Just, just I, I was awestruck by such a small spit of land, that small island, having so many noted authors. Right. So for instance, I, I, you know, for I people that don't know, and let's list let's list well, some of the well, big well, Irish after authors. Retiring from the, the, the hospitality industry, uh, I got a concept. I had an idea, and I'll be very brief. The idea was that I was going to contact those Irish authors that had touched my soul. I was going to find out if they were alive, and I was going to invite them to lunch. And I was going to meet them. Mm-hmm. And if I met them, and if they said yes, I was going to tell them about an idea that I loved their books. I loved what they wrote. I, I, we could talk about that, but I'd rather meet their friends and enemies. And would they do a tour to Ireland where we could dig in to the genesis of what made them who they are. Where the writers came from. The way they express themselves. Right. So, lo and behold, I put together signature Irish tours, Irish author tours, excuse me, and uh, received two grants from the Irish government. And I, I'm proud of that, very proud of that. And uh, because they, they had a fellow fly over from Dublin, I met in New York City with him, and he said to someone in Gaelic sitting next to me, damn it, it's the Yank that came with an idea that we should have 50 years ago. <laughs> and I, 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 was, I, I had tears in my eyes when I left because I was thinking of my dad, and my dad had really been 
uh, very proactive about reading and, and throwing books my way. So it, it all came together, and the trips have been fun. Uh, if I could just take 10 seconds, I had a, a great author uh, join us on one of the trips, and he, is, uh, he wrote Last of the Donkey Pilgrims. And this gentleman walked a donkey and a don- with a cart 1,780 miles of the coast roads of, of uh, Ireland, and his name is uh, Mike O'Hara. And the point is, is that I never saw so many people that were well healed with money. And every time we drove uh, along these coast roads, reliving this fellow's life and meeting his friends, them standing up and cheering when they saw a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice way to live, I'll have to tell you. Who are some of the other authors that you've done this with or who you'd like to do it with? Uh, Frank Delaney, who is probably one of the, you know, he's won every award imaginable under the sky. And, you know, I've got a stable of authors. And, and what happens is, is that, you know, these, are very, these trips only happen every few years. It, it, it's too, this is not... This is not a tour series in the sense that you would, you know, you would wholesale this out, right? Uh-huh. And uh, they're they're all customized to the author, right? And you know, I can afford to do it. And uh, t- to be frank with you, uh, there's not a profit in it for me except for the exchange of ideas and the new friends that I meet along the road. Wow. Well, that, we, again, getting back to the essence of traveling, going someplace that you're sure. not local to and soaking up a perspective from other people Mm -hmm. that's a really interesting interesting idea and 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 what what do you think it is about irish authors that make them different from other nationality writers well you know i don't i don't really i don't i i can't i i I can't I, i don't think you can discern uh you know a great author is a great author. I mean, you know, the Russians are known for having, you know, deep prose and, and, and heaviness, that, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we can name several authors. Uh, but then you see James Joyce from Ireland, and you go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> I, think, heavy. I think there's a diversity in the Irish author mentality, right? And I, I, think, it's a, I think it's something that, that comes out of the oral tradition. I think that because it was an isolated area, uh, that the oral tradition and the old ways stuck longer there, right? And, you know, to, 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 to Europe, it was the end of the earth. Right. And, you know, it was isolated for, for a long period of time. And I, and I believe, I believe that the monastic uh, relationship that Catholicism brought in, uh, you know, fostered uh, a respect, uh, you know, for for that instinct in man, that capability of man to express himself. And I also believe the subjugation of the Irish for 700 years and having to take on the, the language of the English, right, speaking English, mm-hmm. and calling it... That must it have the, stuck you know, in their the, craw. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean it, became, it, it became competitive, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, and I really believe, it, it, fundamentally, you know, each ethnic group has its talents, right? Uh, and I think the Irish were just given the gift to gab and the gift to write. Uh, I hope so because uh, um, I'm proud of it and it's been fun in my life. Wow! I don't. Th- I don't think it's any better than anyone else. I just it's think just it's different. uniquely Irish. Right. 
Well, as are you, my friend. I appreciate you joining us. Where can people get more? Like, if, if people want to come on one of these trips with you, where can they find you, and how can they uh, how can they hook up with you? Well, you know, what, what I've done is, I mean, really simply, the, the best way to get a hold of me is just through my personal email, honest to God, and it's the best way to do it. And uh, uh, and what I do is uh, everyone everyone that, that contacts me, I personally communicate with to make sure that if they're interested in this type of tour, that they're going to get a maximum beautiful experience. It's a, and it just contact me at jjgubbins at yahoo.com. Simple. And they'll be, they'll be making, uh, they're lucky because you're a literate man, you're an Irishman, and you're someone that's been in the, the, um, the travel business forever. So when you put together a nice tour, uh, it, it's lush, it's nice, and, and I think you, I'm guessing, because I haven't taken one, but just knowing you, I guess it's a nice combination of the physical uh, pleasures and just getting out and talking to strangers. You, you, uh, you are going to meet a man that walks the road uh, telling stories as they did 1,000 to 2,000 to 3,000 years ago to a college professor, to an author, to a singer that only sings in one pub and has never left his county his entire life. And he's probably one of the most intelligent people you're ever going to meet in your life. It's an in, it's an in-depth touch of the character of the Irish people, and I like it for that. And I learn every time I go. And I want to pay you a compliment, if I may. You are a great literate and intelligent Italian gentleman, and I am so proud to have you as a friend. Well, that goes both ways, buddy. I really enjoy getting together with you and uh, hearing your stories, most of which we can't really repeat here, but they're, <laughs> they're entertaining. Those are the good I, ones. You can repeat them here. Story? Yeah, I don't think you can leave me with a short story, but go ahead and try. <laughs> All right. Well, my son, Liam uh, Patrick, Gubbins and I were in Ireland, and, and, this, and post-trip, uh, I have a ring that my father gave me. It's a clatter ring, and anyone that I won't divulge any more about that except to say that it's a very Irish ring, and it's been very sentimental. Okay. And we were at O'Donoghue's pub in, in Dublin, and I was clapping, and we were singing, and it was wonderful, and the ring flew off of my finger, fell into where there were seven musicians playing party pieces, and uh, the ring was gone. It was, there were, you know, the place was packed. I left that evening. The next morning, I had a meeting with the Prime Minister of Ireland, uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Kenny. And afterwards, I said to Liam, I said, you know, I lost my ring in, in O'Donoghue's last night. Let's go back and see if it's there. Well, we had lunch before we went to it, and my son was spending the entire time, one way or another, expression to me how the ring would never be found and but but boy let's go look and he was softening the blow mm -hmm. right for me well we walk into this empty place because there's only four people in it i turned turned to the to the to the corner of the pub where i lost the ring the floor is immaculate and in the center of that area is my ring <laughs> i pick it up i look around there's four people in the bar right uh-huh of course, what would a magnanimous Irishman say? This rounds on me for the house. <laughs> <laughs> the four people now, were very happy about night, that. If you could split a Guinness. Back, 
My son and I went back to O'Donoghue's, right? Right. The place was had a couple more than 300 people in it. We walked in, the same band was playing, and the, everything stopped when we walked in. And and someone said, is that him? <laughs> and the, and another person said, yes, that's the y- luckiest Yank in Ireland. He found his father's ring. And the place exploded. My son and I did not buy a drink, and we were interviewed by several people. <laughs> the newspaper, RTE, the radio station, the TV people came in. They all heard about the story from word of mouth. And all of a sudden, we were celebrities because I had my dad's ring back. That's an Irish story. It is. We have to go to Ireland. Well, Ireland. Go- you have to, and you can't go without me because we're going together. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Gubby, let's go. We will go. That sounds great, JJ. That's uh, JJ Gubbins. You, buddy. I appreciate it. It's JJ Gubbins, G-U-B-B-I-N-S at Yahoo.com. If you're interested in these writers' trips to Ireland, they sound fantastic, and I guarantee you, you won't be able to find a better guide than JJ. Thanks for being on the show, JJ. I'll talk to you soon. I can't wait till you're back in the Windy City. Ditto. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. What a guy. The, you, you haven't lived until you've been drinking with JJ. <laughs> But you walk into a bar where he knows no one, and within two hours, you got a good buzz on, and everybody's his friend. He's he's a, he's one of a kind, and it was great to have him on the show. And uh, that about wraps it up. Yay. Show number 26. There we go. Woo-hoo. Very interesting. We learned all about Sean's uh, superhero aspirations. We're yes. going to start taking photos of him. We can... Excuse me. You can follow his progress physically on our Twitter feeds, which is at Mark DiCarlo and at Traveling Diva. And we're going to see Sean transform from the podcast producer into a de- into Spectre. <laughs> oh, and we'll get a couple couple pairs of white uh, athletic socks you can shove down your uh, yeah. You have to leotard yeah, yeah. there. Did the you see? Did you see Spectre's package? Yeah, that's out of this world. Talk about the wrath that is of Jesus. Uh, so we're here every week with fresh new shows all about food, all about travel, and the experience of being someplace else. We will hear from you. Actually, you won't. You'll hear from us next week. Yes. And uh, and you'll like it, damn it. <laughs> Until then, I am Mark DiCarlo, and as always, as ever, to my right is the lovely and talented Yeni Alvarez, the traveling diva, and we will see you on a fork on the road. <laughs> <laughs>